Hello, you're listening to Church History Today, a place we're reminded that history is truly His story. History is the story of God and the demonstration of His glory in the theater of world events. I hope you enjoy listening to these episodes of Church History Today. Their purpose is to ignite a passion for God's truth, one historical event at a time. Today is February 1st, 2019. But on this day in history, February 1st, 1516, Erasmus of Rotterdam dedicated his newly translated New Testament to Pope Leo X. His actions did nothing less than open the floodgate of translation tradition that helped the Protestant Reformation wash away the traditionalism of Rome. Erasmus was what we call a humanist. The rallying cry of humanist scholars of the Renaissance era was coined by Erasmus himself. Ad fontes literally means to the sources. This was foundational to the Protestant Reformation because the Reformation was essentially a Bible movement. And we see that such was the case with the work of Erasmus. Not all the humanists were equally orthodox, but they were equally desirous to expand literacy and learning. And Erasmus was chief among them. Born in 1466, the illegitimate son of a priest, Erasmus openly challenged practices not taught in Scripture. He was literally born because of the moral corruption of the priesthood. Thus, he saw more than others the hypocrisy of the church. He protested relic worship, indulgences, and prayers to the saints, all things he did not find in Scripture. Of course, Erasmus was able to read the Latin Vulgate due to his immense intellect and education. He especially had skill in the area of the languages, and he put that skill to use. He published complete works of the Church Fathers. Going back to the sources, he saw the Church was even more corrupt than he initially thought, based on the theology that he was reading from the Church Fathers. So he set out to do something unheard of. For centuries, the church was bound to Jerome's Latin Vulgate, a Latin translation of the scriptures. But most of the church did not understand Latin, nor could they read it. And more to the point, Erasmus discovered there were many errors in Jerome's text. He desired to give a cleaner translation of the original text. So he gathered manuscripts and produced a new edition of the New Testament in Latin. This translation had the new Latin translation in one column, with the original Greek in another column. This was nothing short of revolutionary. Not only did it improve Jerome's translation, but it also provided the Greek text for other languages to be translated into their own common vernacular. In fact, it was Luther who used Erasmus's text as the basis of his new German translation years later. But Erasmus was a controversial figure. He had trouble getting along with the Pope on the one hand and the reformers on the other. So in order to avoid danger from the Pope, on February 1st, 1516, Erasmus dedicated his new edition of the Bible to Pope Leo X. This was, by the way, the same Pope who later excommunicated Luther from the church. In part, Erasmus's dedication read, and I quote, We do not intend to tear up the old and commonly accepted edition, referring to the Vulgate, but rather amend it where it is corrupt and make it clear where it is obscure, end quote. Now this only mildly set well with the Pope, and that's another story for another time. 
But while Erasmus fought the Pope with one hand, he duked it out with Luther with his other hand. He was friends with Luther for a time, but had concerns that Luther had taken the Reformation too far. He chastised Luther for translating the Bible into the German tongue. Now this may sound hypocritical, but here we must understand that Erasmus was trying to improve the Latin translation for the church. But he was not as comfortable as the other reformers in having the Bible in the hands of the common people in their own particular language. Erasmus's primary concern was that such would lead to private interpretations that went against the church. Erasmus told Luther that if the Bible were able to be read by the common people, it would unloose a floodgate of iniquity. Well, Luther responded to Erasmus by saying, If a floodgate of iniquity be opened, so be it. In other words, Luther actually agreed that this was risky business. But Luther believed that the reward far outweighed the risks. The gospel was so important to Luther that he could not allow it to be hidden under the Latin text. The common people must be able to read the Bible for themselves. Dr. R.C. Sproul has written the following in his assessment of Erasmus and the risk of private interpretation. In the wake of the translation of the Bible, Sproul says, into the common language came the basic principle of private interpretation. That principle of private interpretation was soundly condemned by the Roman Catholic Church in the fourth session of the Council of Trent in the middle of the 16th century. But the die was cast, and since the time of Erasmus, the Bible has been translated into thousands of tongues, and attempts are afoot to get the Bible translated into every language that can be found anywhere on the face of the earth. The prophetic concerns of Erasmus, Sproul goes on to say, in many ways have come true with the vast proliferation of denominations, each calling themselves biblical. Yet at the same time, the gospel of salvation in Christ has been made known abroad throughout the world because the Bible has been given in the vernacular and made available to all people. To be sure, private interpretation does not give a license for private distortion. Anyone who presumes to interpret the Bible for himself must assume with that right the awesome responsibility of interpreting it correctly." Now the lesson to take from this is that God does not want his gospel hidden. Bible translation cleared up the gospel that had been suppressed in the Latin translation of the scripture coupled with the traditionalism of the Roman Catholic Church. But with private interpretation comes a warning. People must be held accountable in accordance with the checks and balances of church history, solid preaching, and the leadership of the local church with qualified elders, as well as the orthodox confessions of the church. As Sproul says, and I quote, private interpretation does not give a license for private distortion, end quote. History is truly God's story. We remember history because by remembering history, it helps us celebrate what God has done and what God can do. He can use a not-so-orthodox Erasmus to help fan the flames of a Reformation. God's mouth will not be silenced. His gospel and His word will achieve its sovereign purposes for His glory. The value of Erasmus and all the humanists return to the sources is a reminder that history is important. It reminds us that history takes us back to the primary source, who is God Himself. History is truly his story. It's the story of God and the demonstration of his glory in the theater of world events. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Church History Today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andrew Smith.